Grund nummer 39, 50% priskutt på bleier med A. Hos Rema 1000 satser vi alt på å gi deg Norges råeste bleikutt. 50% priskutt på alle bleistørrelser og typer. Alt fra Pampers og Libro til Level. Max fem pakker med priskutt per handletur. Bare husk å aktivere kuttet i e-appen. Rema 1000, alltid lave priser. Hello and welcome back to the Radical Broccoli podcast. Today it's me, Susie. I am standing up recording today because I have my little guy here in his carrier. And if you hear some noises in the background, it is most likely him. So today is the day that I would love to share my birth experience with all of you listening to our podcast and it's a very special story to me of course it's my first ever birth my first ever baby and looking back it is a wildly positive experience which is why I want to share this because I did ask myself what is my intention with sharing this birth story and I remember the importance in my pregnancy that I had the chance to hear or see on YouTube people's positive birth experiences. And that is basically the only thing that I looked at throughout pregnancy was positive birth experiences to really prime myself, to prep my brain, to really create that reality that I wanted to experience. And I am positive that it had an impact on how it went for me, on how I programmed my brain, my body to experience this magical thing that is birth. So let's rewind back to, I would say, March, end of March 2023, this year. I came back from Costa Rica where I spent the end of my pregnancy and it was a beautiful experience. It was also very challenging. I was questioning myself if it was the right thing to do. And I was scared. I was anxious. I was out of my comfort zone. At the same time that I was surrounded by so much beauty and harmony and nature. So I came back from Costa Rica, end of March. Actually, one week and three days before Luca was born, which is pretty crazy to think about it now. And if you didn't know already, I was planning to come home over a month before I gave birth. So I had five weeks to go until due date when I came back to Norway. And I thought that statistically, most first babies are born a little bit over due date. But I also knew that um, I didn't want to go overdo it. And I kept throughout pregnancy chatting with the little guy in the belly. And I kept telling him, don't, don't come yet. Don't come all the way in Costa Rica. Let's wait until we get to Norway. And then I remember when I landed in Norway, I told him, maybe wait a few more days until my partner comes. That would be really, really good. And then when my partner arrived, I told him, okay, now you can start thinking about coming. Uh, we're just going to start preparing. 
And uh, what I was going to do the week that he was born was prepare, um, plan and purchase necessary equipment for my planned home birth, which I had received a list from Minfetsul, my birth, the Norwegian home birth company, with a list of equipment that I needed. For example, things like single-use medical sheets that are that protect any furniture uh, against blood or any spillage from birth, water, for example. And then I would need a box for the placenta uh, and some blankets for the baby and um, a few towels and stuff like that and some pads for myself, some, some diapers for both me and baby after birth. So that was the plan for that week. And also that Monday when Luca was born, we had booked an appointment with uh, our midwife, Maria. We were going to meet Maria to make a plan for the birth and to go through the different stages and like breathing techniques. And I don't know what more we were going to talk about. We were going to meet that day at one. So afterwards, we have laughed a lot over the fact that we think that our baby took this appointment literally. And he arrived <laughs> just two hours after one. He arrived at 3 p.m. to see the midwife, which is really, really cute. So the morning of the birth, Monday, 3rd of April, actually in the week of Easter. I woke up at 5 a.m. And I hadn't been sleeping that well the last weeks of pregnancy because I was peeing probably five times a night. So I was very used to waking up, falling asleep again, waking up, maybe not falling asleep again. I was just like, okay, this is how it is. And I accepted but this time I woke up and I felt that it was really wet by my legs. And I instantly thought that I had this time not managed to wake up and go to the toilet in time to pee. I thought that I had peed the bed and I was a little bit like embarrassed almost. Or I was surprised, definitely surprised because that had never happened before. So I stood up and I started walking to the toilet and then I just felt the water running down my legs. <laughs> like slowly, slowly, uh, not, not like, not like a flood of water, just gently pouring a few drops. And I was like, what the? Bearing in mind, this is 3rd of April, and my due date was 26. It was actually 23 days before. So in my mind, there was no chance that I was going to give birth that day. But I suddenly realized, like, wow, this is my water breaking. Because I had taken a few courses to prepare, and I have, of course, read about the water breaking, and I knew that water can break before birth and it can break after and it can break not at all actually and also I had heard somewhere that if the water actually breaks 
the baby is coming within 24 to 48 hours. And if it doesn't, then it needs help to get out because of risk of infection when there is no water protecting the baby. So I woke up my partner and I said, Dale, it's happening. <laughs> and when in the moment that I told him that, I was so shocked myself. That's when I realized, I think. And my body started shaking. I had so a rush of adrenaline come through my body. And I was shivering. I was like, uh, I think the water broke. And he was really confused and like, what? And like, imagine waking up to that message. <laughs> 23 days before you think you will, or even more. And I was like, okay, I'm going to call Maria because I need to ask what this is. I'm not trusting myself, weirdly. Um, but also because I haven't done this before, I was like, okay, she definitely knows if this is the water. So she asked me a few control questions like, what does it look like? Is it um, transparent? How much is it? How, how is it like coming out? And she actually confirmed pretty quickly that this was the water break-in. And then I asked her, like, but what does it mean? Like, is a baby coming today? And she said, yeah, uh, within the next 24 to 48 hours, you will have a baby. <laughs> and my heart just popped. Um, so I had to take deep, deep breaths. I'm a little bit nervous. As I thought I had more time to prepare. But then again, I knew my body knows how to do this. I can just trust See, the mechanism is already started. So, since it was so early, I also knew that get as much rest as possible and don't start like going into full birth mode until you have to because it can turn out to be a really long day. So I tried to go back to bed a little bit. We probably stayed there a bit, like chatted. I tried to calm my body down to take deep breaths and eventually the shivering passed, luckily. And then... I'm just checking here if my baby's good. <laughs> and then um, we went over to my dad's place. And told him, like, hey, the water has broke. <laughs> We're having a baby today. And he just looked at us like, what? How are you so freaking calm? He had seen all the scenes from the movies and the videos where the water breaks and you just rush out to the hospital and everything is chaos and panic. And yeah, we were not exactly experiencing that scenario. And then we went uh, to the grocery store because I wanted snacks. Specifically, I needed, I needed, I wanted uh, some biscuits and I didn't want to drink water, but I knew that I was going to be thirsty. So I bought soft. I don't know what it's called in English. It's like this berry syrup thing that you blend with water and it tastes really sweet. So I knew that, okay, if, if I can have that, I'm going to want to drink a lot. And we bought like chocolate and um, some oatmeal 
and then prepared breakfast while actually labor phase one had actually started. I took um, our dog for a walk and during the walk, I felt like, whoa, okay, these are deeper contractions than I've felt before. Because throughout, lab- throughout labor, throughout pregnancy, I've had a lot and a lot of practice contractions, Braxton Hicks. And so I was kind of used to that feeling, but this was different. This was on a, this was a bit more intense. And rewinding actually back to the day before, I think an uh, impacting factor uh, for actually giving birth before due date was a few things. Maybe due date was wrong. You know, it's a body and it just kind of creates this baby in the time that it needs to. Mm, but also I was very active during pregnancy. I trained a lot and I prepped the body a lot. And the day before we even walked, I think over 10 or 12,000 steps touring around Oslo, um, showing my partner like the town or the city and uh, (laughs) not knowing at all that the next day we would be parents. And after the walk, uh, the day of the birth, we had breakfast. I can't really remember even how that meal was. I think... um, during breakfast, we were making a list over the things that we needed and sending it to dad because we hadn't prepared anything for the home birth. While talking to the midwife again, and then after breakfast, um, I remember I had to pee a lot and like the body was just, um, what's it called? Like... The body was speaking to me. It told me exactly what it needed. It, I went, took a shower and it just like eliminated everything from the body um, to prep for birth. And then around 10, I had to, I felt like I wanted to go on hands and knees. So I got the yoga mat. And I started having my contractions on my hands and knees. And they, I downloaded an app to time the contractions to see if there was any pattern. And I started slowly seeing a pattern. I think it was first at every 10 minutes and then every like five minutes and then every three minutes or something. Um, and started getting really, really intense. So I called the midwife again and I asked if they could please, please come uh, soon. And she was really calm, like, yeah, I think you have a lot of time. But if you really want me to come now, I will. So around 11 o'clock, they ring the doorbell to midwives Maria and Malena from Infatsul. And they had with them the pool, which... Uh, usually you would have set up already, but we did everything sort of like backwards. So they set up the pool and they started filling it up with my partner and Maria was checking on me. She was giving me acupressure in my uh, calves. So she just like came in the door and straight to me to help me physically. I also remember that she put 
an acupuncture needle in my forehead for pain relief. And we hadn't talked much about it, but I was pretty open to it. I've done acupuncture before and I was like, yes, anything that could relieve these sensations, I would love. And then I was like looking in my side eye how far they had gotten with the pool because I was so ready to get in the pool. So excited about it. I was ready for that warm water, for that pain relief to kind of just float around and connect with the water element, which was what I wanted for my birth was to be in water. And I was so excited that we actually managed to make that happen. So um, around 11.45, they told me, okay, the pool is now ready. They had been filling it with kettles and uh, buckets, I think. I usually use a hose, um, but they managed so, so well. And I was super, super ready for it. So I came in the water. And I don't know if you have experienced being in water, in warm water during pregnancy, but it is the best feeling, at least for me. I thought that was the best feeling ever. So I was like, oh, wow, this is so good. And then I knew that more contractions are going to come. And pretty quickly after I got in the pool, my midwife asked if he could, she could check me, which meant that she would check how much uh, my cervix opening was. And when I got in the pool, I was already at five centimeters. So she said that was really good, good progress. And I had no clue whether that was good or not. So I was like, I'm happy. And one thing I must say that stuck with me throughout the whole birth was a piece of advice from a conversation with Maria uh, during the preparations. When she said, birth is about being in the moment. And I took that to heart. I took it to life, uh, literally. Because every time I had a break between contractions, I made sure to enjoy that. I noticed, I told myself, this is a break, really relax, rest. This is really nice. I feel good. I feel uh, rested. I'm at peace. I can take a sip of water. And when the contractions came, I tried to tell myself the same, like this is, this is this moment. This is this is going to pass. I can handle it. Breathe through it. And oh, what I forgot to say actually was that right before I got into the pool, um, I suddenly felt super nauseous and I threw up, um, which apparently is really normal. The body just gets rid of everything that it uh, is in its way of giving birth. And apparently that was part of it. So I didn't have a lot of like, um, energy sources in my body but I had eaten plenty the day before so I felt like I was nourished so in the pool after checking that first check we just kind of like um, started finding the flow I started finding a flow with my body I started changing around positions I um, started to try to like lean my head on my forehead on the pool and hang with my arms over with my like back to the air 
And then next time I had to be on my knees and then I turned around again and I did basically anything that I could to try and open and release and relieve the body of any um, intensity or pain. While uh, my partner and the midwives were like taking notes and making the protocol and making soft for me and making sure that I was hydrated. And the further into the process we got, the more and more I went into this really sacred little bubble. Uh, I think I was almost unable to talk. And in between contractions, I just closed my eyes and I rested my whole body. And uh, I think my partner got a bit worried because he felt like he didn't get any contact with me. But I knew that it was okay. This is what I need. I need to reserve my energy um, for the next contraction and the next wave and the next opening and the next phase of the labor. And this process of drinking soft spinning around breathing um, was what happened for the next hours and I started sounding I remember after a while I started using my voice and I just needed to um, make any sort of intuitive sound that came to me in the moment and I think I was really loud, but I didn't care at all, which I usually would be concerned, like, would neighbors hear me or um, am I bothering anyone? But right there and then I was just, I had one focus and that was getting that baby safely out of the body. So as time passed, I am sure that I was roaring. And yeah, I think roaring is the best description that I have. Um we actually have video clips from the whole birth, except the end. <laughs> Come back to that later. But you could see in my whole face that I'm, um, it's pretty intense. I actually decided pre-birth that I didn't want to call it painful. I wanted to call it intense. And um, I kept that throughout the birth. I don't, I'm not sure looking back now if that was helpful or um, necessary, but... I think so. I think so. I think it helped my brain to not go into panic um, for the sensations that I had in the body because it was not comfortable um, during the contractions. It was, after a while, um, the feeling of pressing. Uh, in the beginning, the contractions were more just like the whole abdominal area contracting together. Um, and sort of like a pressure down towards the vagina. And after a while, the sensations got more and more um, stronger down towards the actual vagina and started feeling like a little bit of a burning sensation. And uh, I think that was when his head started to come out uh, a little bit of the opening. And then after a little while, um, it got so freaking intense that I looked up at my midwife and I said, I think I swore. And I was like, that was the one single moment that I actually doubted um, how much longer I could do that. And she said, you can do this. You know, you can do this. 
Um, and she was so firm and so calm and so positive and just cheered me on every step of the way and said that I did so wonderfully. And she, I didn't see a seed of doubt. Uh, I didn't feel any percentage of doubt in her system, her energy, that this would go well, which is which meant everything for me. Because if I would have seen that she was worried or da- and doubted me or was like panicking, I would definitely freak out. So she kept that calm. She just held the room. She held me. And so, of course, did um, my partner and the second midwife. So together, they were this support, supportive, beautiful, supportive team. And so after that <laughs> moment where I was like... <laughs> F, I can't do this anymore. Uh, I was like, okay, okay, you know what? I still can. I can do this. My body is made for this. I had to get back into that. And my partner also kept reminding me of some positive affirmations and like that we were going to meet baby soon. And that sentence that we're going to meet baby soon, that was what kept me going. And then... It plateaued a little bit, actually. My contractions got a little bit weaker. Uh, I think due to the fact that we actually were in the warm water for quite a while. And I started feeling a little bit tired from that. Like schlapp, a little bit lethargic. Um, I didn't feel like I had that much power anymore. And so we decided that we would go into the toilet and do a few contractions on the toilet. And Maria also asked me whether I had peed in a while. And I said, no, I haven't peed since this morning. And she said, okay, we're going to try and pee. Sometimes that really helps. So how on earth I got out of that pool and into the toilet, I can't even remember with a baby like almost um, exiting me. Um, But so we did. And... We came into the toilet and I couldn't pee, but those contractions that I had there, they really made some huge progress. And I can't remember which moment it was, but at a certain point, Maria asked if I wanted to feel the head. And I put my hand down there and I felt something soft and hairy and I was like how can that be the head (laughs) isn't the head hard and aren't babies bald um but that was definitely the head and that was a very very exciting moment and Maria kept reminding us that we have to get the oxytocin production going and that is a happiness chemical and hormone that the body produces when it feels safe when it feels relaxed when it feels protected and like Uh, through massage or even through sex and kissing and um, watching cozy movies or laughing or cooking your favorite meal, we produce uh, oxytocin. And oxytocin is also the hormone that keeps contraction strong and that actually helps us get through labor. And fun fact, or not so fun fact, but a fact that I realized is that many people, when they start labor at home, they have good oxytocin production going they're safe they're with their partner they're it's like it's good progress for the birth and then you're taken out of that environment into a car and going to the hospital often labor stops because we get 
scared, we get overwhelmed and we feel like we're looked at and seen and a bunch of people are coming to see us and it's bright lights and it's different environment and different smells. So the body goes into a different mode. It goes out of that cozy oxytocin bubble and into like pause a little bit. So that's why many times birth can stop when you get to the hospital and maybe you have to take some measures to get it started again. Uh, which was one of the reasons why I knew I wanted a home birth, because that just sounded logical to me, that um, if I'm going to produce oxytocin, I need to be at home and feel safe. And so she um, said to my partner to keep like massaging me and touch me and make me feel as loved as possible um, so that the contractions would keep pushing the baby out. And then after the toilet, uh, it, was, it was intense. Maybe at that point, I would say that I felt um, a lot of pain. Um, and then we went back into the pool for a bit to see how it could pro proceed from there. And I can't remember, but it feels like almost a few contractions later, um, Maria said that we're going to go into the bedroom. And in my little bubble, I hadn't noticed anything. But what had happened was that they had had a little talk between them and they had decided that we need to go out of the water in order for this baby to come out because they had seen the progress that we had when we were in the toilet, at the toilet, and uh, seen how it kind of dwelled a little bit uh, when we came back to the pool. So without me noticing anything, they had prepared a little birth setup in the bedroom not actually on the bed, because lying down pushing isn't necessarily so harmonious with gravity. Want to be uh, in a position where gravity helps baby come out. For example, um, sitting or uh, in a squat. So they had put some medical sheets down on the floor in front of the bed. And they told me to sit down in a squat in front of the bed and that my partner would sit behind me and hold under my arms so that I didn't have to hold my own weight. So then we created like this mm, pushing position that was very, very efficient. And now we were nearing um, 2.45. So from 5 a.m. to 2.45. Uh, and we we're in the bedroom and somehow uh, they managed to almost carry me into there um, because I could barely walk. And I think that we had first one contraction where I remember Maria told me, you just do what your body tells you to do. And I said, it's telling me to push and so she said, okay, push with everything that you have. Push with the lower abdomen and don't push, um, don't like tighten your jaw and your face and everything like that. Use all the energy down there. And I did that for one contraction and I just noticed on her that she was like, wow, this is happening. It's almost, it's almost there. And I almost didn't dare to believe it because I had thought in my head that we were almost there at 12 o'clock and even at 1 o'clock. And now it was 2.45 and I didn't know what time it was, but 
that's the feeling that I had in, in my mind. Like, haven't we been almost there for such a long time? <laughs> but now I think that I started to trust that, okay, now we're actually almost by the finish line. And then a little break between contractions there and I closed my eyes again and I started to feel the next wave of contraction flowing. I took a breath and then I told myself, okay, I'm going to push everything I have. And it was burning and it was intense. And then Maria said, come on, push, keep pushing, keep pushing, keep pushing. He's coming out. And then the whole baby boy came out on one push. And I'm getting very emotional thinking about it. Because it's such a big moment of my life. So special. And then she caught the baby and placed him straight onto my body. And I was almost sitting in this like awkward position um, because I was sitting in a half squat and the umbilical cord almost felt too short to put him all the way on my chest. So he was like down there on my belly and I held him and he was sticky and he was tiny and I looked at my partner. I was like, what? <laughs> and I was shaking again, full body shivering, uh, full of adrenaline. And I was just astonished, like, we did it, we did it, he's here, and he was crying, and he was safe, and he had ten toes and ten fingers, and he looked healthy, and at the same time, I didn't cry when he came out, which I thought that I would, I'm a very emotional person, but I was a little bit shocked. I didn't really like recognize the baby. I thought he would come out and he would look like me and I would be like, oh, this is my baby. But he came on and I was like, huh, <laughs> this is different than I thought it would be. But at the same time, it was so beautiful. So I was like sad and the happiest I've ever been in my whole life at the same time. And shocked and in awe of the body and confused and in pain and everything at once. And then, I can't remember how soon after, but pretty soon after, um, also birthed the placenta, which was a much easier job. I didn't feel almost anything when that happened. That just felt like, okay, it's coming out. And then um, we, they, they took the placenta, and we were wearing gloves, and they like showed me the placenta. Uh, carried it, <laughs> carried it, they lifted it up and showed me how it looks like a tree with all the branches and how it has this little bag and this is where the baby has been lying she told me and we were so fascinated over that blob of blood and like life force that was just there and all of that had been inside of my belly and my body and I think my partner was most shocked because he thought placenta was a tiny thing and it was so big and then, um, yeah, of course, that was connected to the baby. And so I can't either remember when this was, but when the umbilical cord kind of went 
white, I think, is when the, all the nutrients have passed over to the baby and it is time to cut the umbilical cord. And so they had this little clip and they put it on the belly of the baby uh, or on the umbilical cord and then my partner could cut the cord. And then, I, then we understood what the icebox for was for it was to put that placenta in when it came out um and then i received a shot of estrogen i think it was no oxytocin sorry synthetic oxytocin because uh, they said that i've been working really really hard through labor and my uterus was really really exhausted and that is something that they offer. Of course, they asked me in advance and explained to me like what it would do and stuff like that. And I, I felt like it sounded like something that was good for me. So I chose to take that. And they also immediately uh, stitched up three stitches as they said that I had a tiny little tear uh, on the perineum uh, part or like the, the side of the vagina, actually. And I trusted them fully. They just did that when I, while I held the baby. And I felt like the stitches went quick. Uh, of course, I got a little... Um, I think I got a little... Um, what's it called? Um, pain relief thing for the stitches. I can't remember what it's called. Anesthesia, like local anesthesia. And that was like the only anesthesia I had through the labor. <laughs> so uh, I think it was in form of a... A cream or a little local shot or something. It's funny how the, all these details are so blurred. And then we just lifted me and the baby backwards into bed. We were lying on a towel because a lot of blood and stuff was going, was there. And uh, I was, you know, a little bit wounded. And then... For the next two hours, we just let the baby kind of search its way to the boob and to the nipple and to find its source of food. And it was so fascinating to see how he almost instantly started looking for the nipple. And the midwives explained to me how I could help him without overhelping him, like I could squeeze out a little bit of that first milk. Uh, which is very liquidy, and just put it on his nose almost, or on his upper lip to make him like find a way. And we placed him in sort of the right position. And I think after maybe an hour or something like that, he latched on, and then he came off again, and then on and off again. And we had a bit of a challenge getting him to latch. And then eventually he did. And it felt so strange. <laughs> um, and the first latch wasn't painful at all. Um, but pretty quickly, the next days, it got so, 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 so sore. And uh, because breastfeeding course was something that I was going to do also these last weeks before birth. But I learned as I went. And... Um, yeah, so that's uh, like the golden hour, that first hour, when you're just skin to skin and you're 
your nervous system is regulating with the baby's nervous system and the hormones are flowing and he's connecting to you and he's smelling you and he's feeling you on the outside for the first time and he's exhausted from his travel through the birth canal and I was exhausted but I was so wildly happy and we were lying there in bed and having some drink and some some biscuits and um, just in awe we were in total awe taking the first pictures I remember we called my sister on FaceTime almost immediately but we decided that we needed a few moments before we let anybody come in to the birth space we needed just to be as a little family and Maria stayed and Malena she packed up after a while she had to go home she, it's, it had been a very long day for them and Maria told me she would stay as long as I needed her to and we had so many questions we didn't know how to do a diaper and also Maria did the checkup of his weight his length uh, and a bunch of like protocol stuff that you need to do and um, so she weighed him beautiful in this handmade little scale thing that you lift up and it was like a embroidered uh, blanket made by her daughter uh, which was so beautiful and it's one of the things that I love about having a home birth is that everything is so sacred and so beautiful and so gentle everything is thought through there's nothing that's like this we do this because this is how you do it everything is done in a very gentle and soft and sweet way for you for your best and for the baby's best and yeah phone calls were made photos were taken um and after a while of course my partner got to hold him for the first time and the first hug I have some pictures of it and it's so freaking beautiful and then eventually we put on a diaper on him and put him into some blankets and I think he fell asleep and then we fell asleep and at 7 p.m at night I remember my mom came by she had been up in the mountains and we had just decided that no one would hold him until maybe tomorrow or the day after because he was going to now just regulate to us and so she came by and just gave him some kisses and my dad and stepmom came and gave us some food um, which was so nice to have all the support and then the next days we took more visits and that was the birth that was the birth of Luca three thousand one hundred grams small boy perfect so healthy uh, and we just wow that was the beginning of this adventure that has now lasted for almost four four and a half months um and i have enjoyed every single moment of it and following the birth um was of course me getting up and trying to pee and go to the toilet which was I was dreading it so much I was so scared but eventually I did manage and then followed weeks of postpartum and healing and cuddling and figuring out breastfeeding and nourishing and resting 
And um, that is maybe something I would share in the next episode or in a few episodes is a little bit about postpartum, postpartum healing, looking back, reflecting, what, what, what would I do differently now and what did I do that worked really well and some things to share with you. And also following the birth, um, we had a checkup with a general doctor or pediatrician at the hospital a few days later to do the standard tests of hearing and stuff like that. So um, with the home birth comes um, just like the normal, the checkups that, and if anyone is wondering, uh, if you actually do that when you have a home birth, you do, but everything is voluntary. So you can do as much or as little as you want. So that was the birth of our beautiful boy and the birth of a mother and of a family Um, and it's been such a wild experience I cannot even briefly just describe it here in words but it has made me more patient more flexible and more appreciative of life I've become calmer and something just like clicked inside of me um, feels like my my I, f- I feel like myself some days I feel like I'm losing myself of course if I'm really tired but it feels like a really natural thing just um, an addition a beautiful beautiful growth in addition to the wonderful life that I already have and seeing how much love that a baby a baby's arrival creates in our families and with our friends has been so magical. So, so magical. So with that, I think I will end the episode here. And I thank you so much for listening. Um, I hope that you enjoyed it. I hope that you keep listening to positive birth experiences And if you're going for a natural unmedicated birth, like I did, know that you can 100% do it. The only thing that is stopping us is what's going on inside of our heads, which was my primary focus to prepare my body, of course, for birth. But the body kind of knows it is the mind that is either stopping us or helping us get through. So prepare wisely, reprogram your mind, surround yourself with support people who believe in you and the way that you choose to give birth and know that no matter how you choose to give birth and which environment and medication or not I mean everything is up to you and you deserve to give birth in the most harmonious and aligned way for you and some people actually feel more safe in the hospital so then that is a really good choice for them and I fully fully respect no matter how you choose to give birth, whether that is a free birth or uh, like a traditional um, hospital birth or at home. And if you have any questions for me, let me know either at Radical Broccoli Instagram or um, through email and um, talk to you very, very soon.
Har du ett enkelt personföretag eller en liten bedrift? Då är er du sikkert lei av att höra mig snacka om hur enkelt det är er med kvitteringar och bilag i fiken. Så vi ger oss här vi. För vi liker enkelt. Fiken, superenkelt redskap.